And now, from the Diamond to the Dugout, it's the Twins Nation Podcast. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's your host. Twins Nation, this is Joe Gunderson along with Matt Hoffman. How are you doing this week, Matt? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, girls had their first week of ball, and which kind of, we had our bumps and bruises through that. Um, and just getting finished up, moving in, or moving into the new house and getting the other one ready to sell. Okay. So, yeah. So, so for the audience that doesn't know you, you're coach, coach, right? Yes, I coach a 16 and under club fast pitch team. Okay. Um, I started. We started this team a few years ago when a bunch we when a bunch of girls, including my daughter, didn't make this other team. They got cut, so we oh. kind of took all these girls that didn't make the team and kind of formed our own team and. You know, it's okay. we've had we've gained some girls and then we've lost some girls. You know, but I mean, for the most part, we've had a a consistent, a, you know, of original people and good. You know, and I enjoy it. Um, I've been coaching probably for four fourteen years. I think this is my fourteenth year of coaching. Okay. I mean, if any any softball, whether it's fast pitch or slow pitch, and. I then this is my last team I'm probably coaching too, so <laughs> I'm oh. probably gonna retire as soon as this team's done. So Okay. Well, hope it goes well. So uh and you just your season just started in the last couple of weeks or so? Yeah, usually our season starts normally in uh April, but this year the state of South Dakota uh had fast pitch as a school sport. It was sanctioned through the school instead of, you know, like a club sport like we used to do and play in the fall. So now it plays in the spring and then it just makes our summer league start a lot later. So, ah, okay, that's, that's interesting. So, uh, so we're gonna have to talk about our twins as we always do. Uh, this week they uh, they won two of their uh, six games. Uh, they got swept in Tampa, um, although they were, they were except for the first game they were two of the three games were close, um, and then they went into Toronto and uh, won two out of three this weekend. So. Um, um, kind of, kind of what I expected, I hate to say that, you know, didn't really expect a whole lot of success this weekend because they're, those two teams are really good. Um, I am glad that they were able to take the Blue Jays down, uh, two of three times. Um, 
because I think the Blue Jays have been just starting to play well. So it uh, is, I thought it was impressive that they could take them two out of three. So um, I don't know yeah. what your thoughts were about. Well, the- yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we knew Tampa Bay was going to be a tough team going in. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah. they're the best team in Good. baseball. It would have been nice to pull one of them games out. Um, yeah. One of them close games. The, again, you know, in the Toronto series, I, you know, the way everything played out, we probably should have won all three, but, you know, I don't know. We'll get to details on that one. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, they played six games this this week because Monday they didn't, they had a day off, just like they will this coming week. Um, And um, they, the week, didn't start off good right away because I uh, found out that uh, Byron Buxton could not av- avoid the injured list this year. <laughs> um, he, if, if you remember last week, he was smoked in the ribs by a fastball. Um, they determined that the, the bruise or whatever he sustained from that was bad enough where they just put him on the injured list to let him rest and, recuperate from that and uh so they're not and they aren't left shorthanded so trevor larnick was uh activated and uh back on the team um and day got worse from there as they got shut out seven and nothing even though uh and uh louis varland had himself a not so good night uh uh at least the final line looks looks bad at six Six innings, seven runs given up, and five strikeouts. Um, and uh, that's pretty much all there was to say about that game. If you want a bright note, Emilio Pagan got through two innings without giving up a run. So um, that's that's about all we can say about that game. Is uh, it needs to be said. Wednesday was a a heartbreaker. Uh, they lost two to one. Um, uh, Randy Rosarina caught up with a pitch from Yondran and hit a walk-off home run. Um, and that was that. Uh, and uh, then they Thursday they lost four to two. Uh, and uh, the only things that went right that day were. Carlos Correa and Michael Taylor, Michael A. Taylor, each hit a home run for counting for the Twins' two runs. Uh, that pretty much sums up Tampa Bay. Uh, they're just really good at, at uh, playing baseball, and uh, they beat us in pretty much every sense of the word in that series, uh, even though um, they didn't, other than the first game, we we competed at least. Uh, when yeah, they, I don't the, know how much of the series you caught, but that's I listened I to a little bit on the radio and when I could. Um, it, you know, the first two games obviously was a struggle. Seven hits in two games was all we could pretty much do, and um. You know, in the second game, obviously, we almost got just as many hits in one game, but still came up short in that one. 
you know, it's it's just it's our mo right now with this team that just we cannot when we you know we get one good game where everything comes together but it's just it's very inconsistent you know and obviously you know the hitting is just it's it shows i mean when we lose some of these games you know it shows it shows that you know you look at it it's the hitting we're not we're not contributing to anything you know we three hits the first game four hits the second game and what did we get with one run out of all that I mean, yep. it's just, it's, it's very hard to watch or listen to. Yeah. It, and just the amount of strikeouts we're compiling, you know, uh, you know, like almost half of the bats that, that we are, that we take in the game end up, end up with strikeouts. Uh, well, not, yeah, that's not even exaggerating. No, because uh, right now the twins, the twins are on track to I want to say shatter I wouldn't be a, a strikeout record of the most strikeouts in a season by a team I'll, and it's not even going to be close I wouldn't be surprised and wow. right now if you look at you know where the you know the twins are obviously first in team strikeouts and and I think they're seven what did I want to say at least I don't know if it was 70 or I don't know why that number is running in my head but at least 70 strikeouts or more ahead of whoever is second. I want to say it was Oakland, but I'm not 100% certain if that's who it is. Think but, of that. We're, we're worse than the worst team in baseball at something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's, you know, like I said, that's that's contributed to guys who just are up there who are a bunch of swing and miss guys, you know, guys like Gallo and Buxton, and right now Correa seems to be that way. Um, I just, I don't know what these guys are doing. I don't know if they're just anticipating certain pitches when they get into certain situations or, you know, you know, cause some of these yeah. guys are watching, some of these guys are watching, you know, a strike three down the dang middle. Yeah, it's basically, I was listening to a, a podcast. It's called, uh, uh, chin music, uh, with, uh, Royce Molly and, uh, hmm. former twins. Great. Uh, and, uh, Jim Suhan, who writes for the Star Tribune down in the cities, they do a podcast, and uh, that's basically what Royce says: is that you just see a lot of guessing going on up there, and they're guessing wrong. Um, so you know they're taking the taking the fastballs, swinging at pitches in the dirt. You know they're they're all screwed up. You know they're yeah they they they're just um, you know. They're seeming seems like they were too passive um, in the beginning of the at bat. So then uh, trying to work count, but you know if it's going to be a fastball down the middle, swing at it. <laughs> yeah, you know, get the and, breaking ball later, man. <laughs> yes, exactly, and, and I totally understand working the count. You know, yep. I I'm all for that, but you get one good pitch down the middle you know, off on the first pitch, go for it. You know, yeah. don't sit there and watch it or, you know, at least have in your mind, you know, that if you have two strikes on you and, you know, you got to be ready for, you know, just about anything, even a fastball down the middle. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I just, I think these guys need to kind of just go, I don't know if they need to go back and learn the fundamentals again of, you know, of how to, read some of these pitches or just wipe away everything they're doing right now and just do something different. 
or opposite of what they're doing. Do something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, ever, you ever watch? Are you a fan of the show Seinfeld at all? I yeah, I've watched bits and pieces of it. Oh, okay. There's a episode where uh, George Costanza, you know, he's known for being a a loser or whatever, and uh, everything he does fails. But so the they have an episode where he they go think about what your natural instinct is and do the opposite. <laughs> That's and funny. it works out for him. <laughs> yeah. Either that or what's more in my language back in I'm been a racing nut so i've been around racing for many years and one of the things that a lot of drivers ran into when setting up cars okay. is they would change this then change that then you know and then still not right change this and it's called chasing your car and instead of doing that you know chasing your car is a bad thing what you know and what they tell you to do is set it back you know go back to go back to default back to where you were at the beginning and then start over again because if you keep tweaking too many things, you're going to mess too many things, you know, too many things that are not going to work. And, you know, then you're going to be in a mess and you'll never figure it out. So, and that's kind of what the twins need to do. They just, they need to reset. They need to reset every, everybody needs to reset and try a different approach at this, you know, which is easier said than done. Yeah, definitely. Right. Um, and so, uh, then uh, this weekend, like I was saying earlier, went a lot better than uh, the Tampa series. They won two out of three in Toronto. Uh, they, uh, but they did get a couple of bad notes roster-wise. Um, Caleb Thielbar and Jorge Polanco are back on the injured list uh, with the same injuries that well, actually, I think Polanco's is different, but Caleb Thielbar strained an oblique again, um, and uh, Jorge Polanco's actually got a pulled hamstring now. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it's not his, I guess it was always his ankle, not his hamstring. Um, and uh, um, so they're going to be out for a while. Edward Julian's back on the team just in time to play in his native Canada. So that's a neat need for him. Um, and um, Josh Winders on the team up from AAA for Caleb Thielbar. Um, so that's nice. We did see uh, some, uh, what I'd say, improved offense this weekend. Um, Friday was pretty close, you know, low spring close like they've been for a while. Three to two, they won. Um, uh, Royce Lewis had a nice game. He had been struggling a little bit um, up till Friday, uh, but he went four for four. Um, though I don't think any of the hits were that hard, but uh, hey, four for four is four for four. Uh, and uh, Michael A. Taylor uh, showing some surprising power this year. Uh, <laughs> it is ninth home run um, and had all three RBIs for the Twins um, on Friday. And then Duran rebounded from 
uh, giving up that home run to Rosarina and pitched two uh, scoreless innings for the for the save um, on Friday. Yeah, actually, the whole bullpen looked really good in that game. I mean, Brock yeah. Stewart came in and pitched pretty decent. Looks like Jax did too, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, you know, Moran, you know, got in there and got the hold. So, yeah, the bullpen looked really good. Michael A. Taylor. I mean, you said nine home runs already this season. Yep, that's that is very good. Usually, that's Crazy. about all he gets. Yeah, you know, but I I should have looked can, up what his you, career high is. Uh, I think if you can get 10 or 15 home runs out of him in a season, that is that is actually performing pretty well. I would but, have told you that. I'm ecstatic to hear that. I'd be ecstatic to hear him do that. Yeah. Yeah. But the only thing so, is, though, if you look at his batting average, I'm sure it's down there a little ways. So he's part of the whole swing and miss crew. So. <laughs> yeah, he's a. I think he's, he's hitting like 230. I just want to pull up while we're talking what okay I and home runs because I'm curious now. Uh, I want to say eleven. Yeah, he's hitting two thirty one this year. So um, let's see his stats. No, that's just for this year. I want where's his career stats. Well, why did I go to ESPN? <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. Um, but I'm going to guess it's like yeah. no more than 15 in a season. Just off the top of my head. He's not in the majors because he can hit. <laughs> no, no. No, definitely a defensive uh, – definitely a defensive uh, – Defensive outfielder, you know, like I said, we've mentioned that, you know, a million times that is, you know, his, his glove is what for him. So, uh, the most home runs he's had in a season was 19. Oh, he did go 19 once. Okay. So he had more than I would have ever called. Yeah. He had one year of 19 and he had, yep. Yep, and then he had a then he had one season of fourteen, and then twelve, and other than that, he's been under ten. So, like I said, you get you get about ten to fifteen home runs out of him. That's pretty reasonable. That's pretty good for him. So, starting junior, he's already at nine. So that's it's pretty good. I like it. Um, and uh, so, um, so yeah, that was. Friday, Saturday, they busted out some of the the bats there, but it took until the eighth inning <laughs> until until it happened. Um, um, they won the game nine to four, um, due in most part to a seven run eighth inning. Um, and in that inning, uh, Carlos Correa he got a hit with the bases loaded, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know that that was allowed. That, yeah, I, I didn't even know we could do it. I didn't, and it, it, even better, it went over the fence. It's, it's this thing called fence <laughs> slam. I know. Isn't that amazing <laughs> when it happens? <laughs> so uh, that was his eighth home run of the year. Uh, obviously, probably the biggest hit he's been able to get this year. 
because he's having himself a rotten year, um, unfortunately. But hopefully uh, the last couple of days he's showing signs of maybe uh, coming out of it because of he uh, he had a decent day-to-day too, I think. Um, and um, then and here's other breaking news. Max Kepler hit a ball that wasn't to second base. <laughs> Sounds like a couple of them. He uh, hit a three-run homer on Saturday, and um, and then uh, Trevor Larnick hit his sixth home run, um, and uh, didn't put it in here. But Car- Alex Kirloff hit a nice uh, opposite field double in that inning um, for the uh, seven runs that the Twins scored. Um, so it was nice to see them be able to put an inning, a big inning like that, because that's not something this team does, uh, because of all the strikeouts and uh, they just they're they're known to kill their own rallies. Um, oh yeah. So I mean, it was great. I mean, Julian had a couple hits. I mean, Solano had a couple hits. I mean, you know, everybody seemed like everybody seemed like everybody got hits except for you know, obviously, I know Jeffers didn't hit. Willie Castro didn't get a hit, and I think. Farmer didn't, but I think Farmer only had one at bat. But no, it was it was good to see. I mean, twelve hits that game. I mean, right there, that's already more hits than what we had in the whole oh, yeah. almost more hits than we had in the whole Tampa series. I mean, it's just I mean, we seem to play pretty well against uh Toronto. Yeah, know, for some I, reason. We do you know. And I and yeah, you can kind of make the argument that they didn't have their they definitely did not trot their best pitchers out. You know, Trevor Richards has struggled the last couple of years. I have no idea who Bowden Francis is. Uh, Mitch White is kind of Mitch White's kind of been up and down the last few years. Uh, Tim Mazza, he's kind of been a journeyman, and then Adam Simber has been he's been having a, a pretty rough couple of years too. So. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's weird though that that uh, you know, they're the guy that's probably that probably is their best pitcher is having a an awful season so much that he was uh, sent like I believe to like a ball or the instructional yeah, league or something. It's uh, like uh, a developmental league. Yeah, yeah. I mean I that's Noah is who we're talking about. Yeah, that's a crazy, crazy story. That guy, I mean, he came in, he came in, just set the world on fire. I mean, he, you know, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a Toronto fan too, besides, you know, the Twins and sure. the Rockies. I, I do like Toronto because I, I, I like how they build their team. Um, I grew up watching so, them a lot, so I am too. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, you know, God, that's just. I knew Manoa was, you know, struggling, but I just didn't think it would be this bad for him. And I feel pretty bad for him. And I know he's taking a lot of criticism right now as far as, you know, you know, his, his lifestyle, I should say, you know, being a little bit of a bigger guy, but I don't know. I mean, we've had that discussion before, you know, with other pitchers who are a little heavy. I mean, you get them, they lose some of these guys lose all this weight and then they can't pitch. It's weird, you know. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's just what you're accustomed to. But hopefully Manoa figures it out down there, and we see him back up here because he's definitely a, he's a fun pitcher to watch. And I mean, whether you're a Toronto fan or not, but I I enjoy watching him. 
Yeah, definitely is. But that, yeah, that was one of the more surprising things uh, when I, I mean, I saw his last outing and it was awful, but I would have never expected to hear later that, but, or like the next morning that he was optioned off the team, <laughs> you know, down in the minor. Yeah. You know, he's like they're supposed to be. Well, there. yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, and it's weird with him falling off, you know, and it sounds like Barrios is kind of starting to come back a little bit, which, bit. yeah. Yeah, which right now shows that, you know, maybe Toronto got the better end of that trade. <laughs> I don't know. That's still neck and, that is still a neck and neck trade, even though we have not gotten to see Martin, you know, Austin Martin play at all. I, I think Twins fans, you know, yeah, we we didn't understand it. Um, why we we didn't understand why we didn't pay the guy. Um, instead. Uh, uh, as a fan base, but I'm kind of okay with it because he hasn't, you know, since he's left, he hasn't been that good. Um, no, no, and he was struggling before he left here, so y- you kind of wonder if it was just the right time to say, okay, he's, you know, he's coming down a notch, yeah. yeah, and what he's asking for is not really what we want to pay him, so yeah. let's just trade him, you know, and Right now, the Twins obviously made the right choice, but yeah, I know people, you know, fans loved him. You know, I I liked him too, mm-hmm. but you know, that's just the way the business goes sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, because definitely he showed flashes of of greatness, but just wasn't consistent. Um, so and then uh, so that Saturday, Sunday, today, uh. They lost a heartbreaker seven to six, um, despite uh, Royce Lewis having another nice game. Went three for four with a couple RBIs. Johnny uh, Barrels, Donovan Solano, cranked one out. Uh, his first home run as a fan. Um, and unfortunately, uh, the bad side of uh, one. Uh, Emilio Pagan showed up the game today, and he gave up a big gopher ball, and uh, cost basically wins the lead. Uh, although it's not all not all his fault because they were up like four, like four or six to nothing, and uh, coughed it all up. And uh, he didn't. Do, I don't think he gave up all seven runs. It's just unfortunately he gave up. The big blow, um, and uh, Twins couldn't come back and uh, get the game tied or or win, um, and due in large part to a uh, controversial call uh, where Alex Kirilov was called for a, a, a pitch clock violation on the hitter. Umpire said he wasn't looking at the. Uh, Pitcher engaged with the pitcher at the eight second mark, but uh, it sure looked like to everybody that I that he was. Um, surprisingly, uh, I'm a little surprised that uh, uh, Tommy Watkins and uh, and or uh, Rocco Baldelli did not get thrown out of that game over that. But uh, but yeah, uh, it's like. He was looking, it sure looked to me like he was looking right at the pitcher, ready to hit. And 
but they still called him and struck out and it ended and that uh the twins were kind of having a rally but and it ended just because of that so for all the people that hate the pitch clock uh uh i guess this is one way you're justified in hating it. <laughs> yeah, so far this year, you know, I haven't minded the pitch clock, but with this is part of that gray area that I kind of, I mean, I know they have a certain rule, but it still relied on, you know, the umpire as far as, you know, to make that call. It's not a, it's not definitely black. I mean, to me, maybe it's not, maybe it is more of a black and white thing. I don't know. It just seems like it always happens to Kirilov lately, <laughs> but I, you know, you hate seeing, you hate seeing that stuff happen, but I mean, I'd have to go back and look at it to get a better understanding of it. Cause I didn't get to see the end of today's game. So, so they were ahead when I, I took a, pre-practice nap and then when I woke up I kind of heard right the end I pretty much just heard the very end of the game so yeah so that's that's basically how this week went um then this coming week uh twins will be home all week uh and they'll play six games in the next seven days they have Monday off then they have a two-game series against the Milwaukee Brewers, and then a four-game series against the Detroit Tigers. Um, this this uh, Thursday through Sunday. So uh, that uh, Detroit series, uh, it's hard to say that it's a big series when you're talking about two teams that are teetering around. Well, one's teetering. One's at the 500 mark, the Twins, and one's uh, well below it, but they're still, I believe, the second-place team. And, um, you know, but it is a big one. The Twins can maybe put a, finally put a foothold on the, uh, on the division if they have a good series. Um, yeah. Um... Something they should have already with... <laughs> With how bad the division is. So. Yeah, Tuesday's game I think is going to be a really tough game. Um, I think it's you know the Twins are going to be facing Corbin Burns, which you know anybody who watches baseball knows Corbin Burns is definitely one of the league's best pitchers. Definitely. Um, and then on Wednesday against Bailey Ober, they start a Colin Ray, which I don't know much about him. I assume he's. Probably a prospect of some sort, or but um, Detroit. I I like our chances against Detroit. They've you know they they were playing pretty decent for a little while, you know, in second place, and then they've kind of stunk up the joint lately. So dropping from second to fourth, um, but you know, like I said, they got a you know they got. You know, one pitcher that I would definitely like to see who who's had some success, uh, Matt Boyd, who on Thursday will face Sonny Gray. So, and then the rest of the guys, not really, not really some big names, but you know, it just it just all depends on the hitting. I mean, can we hit? Can we find a way to hit, guys? Yes. 
right? Um, yeah, we had we had what? I think we had 29 hits in the Toronto series. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. 29 hits that. in the Toronto series. I mean. Need more of that. <laughs> yeah. That's what we want. Need more of that. Um, and um, so I guess when, I guess we could talk about this. Where are you? Um, are you in agreement with Aaron Gleeman, who is calling for uh, Max Kepler's head, basically? He's. He cannot, he's apoplectic as to why Max Kepler has not been DFA'd at this point. <laughs> I'm agreeing. I yeah. totally agree. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I like Max Kepler. Thing. I think he's, I think he's a good, I think he's done, he's done in the beginning. He did a lot of good things to get to where he is, but he just, it's like he plateaued. Yeah. You know, he plateaued or he went downhill. He's never risen. And, you know, did he save his job, you know, this, this past series with Toronto? No, I don't think he has. He's, this is what he's supposed to be doing and he's not doing it. Um, yeah, I just, I think that, I think it's time. I think it's time I do just DFA him, you know, pay him his darn money, pay him the money. You know, if he goes yeah. somewhere else and he starts hitting the snot out of the ball, well, so be it. Maybe they can you, fix him. Give you ten years, or, yeah. Or yeah. I don't mean I, no. I mean he's been in the organization since he was sixteen. So yeah. I don't remember. I'm not sure what year in the majors he's in, but uh, I think it was. I don't know. Same year Polanco came up. So. Um, I want to say 2016 or 17, but okay. So, you know, seven years, six, seven years. We just we're wasting we're wasting a spot right now with keeping him. And there's a candidate you know, down there in uh, St. Paul who's just – it begs that he should be on this team, Mr. Matt Walner. Yeah, you and know. he should have been on this team a while ago because now, you yeah. know, by the time you decide to DFA or do whatever with Kepler, you know, Walner might cool off by then. You know, and then, then we're going to be watching him struggle, you know, swing and miss or struggle up here. But, I mean, it's – the main thing is, is yeah, Kepler is just, he's, he's not doing this team any favors. You know, his time is, his time is gone, you know, and I don't know what the twins are waiting for. I don't know if they're waiting for the home series here to, you know, when they get back here to make a decision, you know, or, or what, but they need to do something. And I am, I am totally in agreement with Aaron Gleeman on that deal. So, and I'm just surprised it hasn't been done sooner. I, you know, I think a lot of Twins territory would, uh, would agree with him too. Um, and I, you know, you know, if their thinking is, you know, he's, you know, they're keeping him around because of his defense. Okay. I get that. He is a great right fielder. Um, but I don't think he... If that bat he has shown his bat is not good enough for he should be, be a starting right fielder at this point. No, I mean, he should. Uh, if you're keeping him because of his defense, he should be your defensive replacement um, mm-hmm. guy. Um, and but then again, you made the mistake of you're paying him eight million dollars. 
And that's a heck of a heck of a salary to pay a guy who you would reduce playing time by that much. So uh, you're, you kind of put yourself in a bad spot there. Um, and yes, you would, if you DFM, you're now paying him that salary to do nothing for you at all. But uh, yeah. but then you can make room for a guy who, uh, it by all signs, is better. Let's just say it. Um, you know, uh, he you know Walner's not as good defensively, but there's no saying he can't get there. Um, or at least somewhere decent enough, and he's got more more power. And uh, even though he might not have the range, he's got a better throwing arm than Max. And Max got a good arm, but uh, Walner's got a bazooka. Um, yeah, you know, and this goes <laughs> and this yeah, and this goes back to what I said last week's episode. Right now, we have three outfielders. Our three main outfielders yeah. are – none of them are hitting. None of them – they're all hitting well below what we would like to see out of them. And Except for Michael Taylor. All, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Given that. But I, I mean, mean, he's not doing – he's not – you know, 230 is not good, but that's what we expected. Yeah. yeah I mean, you can kind of give him a little – you can give him a little bit of a leeway. But for the most part, you got three defensive outfielders who yeah. are strictly good defensive players, but none of them hit a lick yeah. for yeah. reputation. Yeah. But, you know, we need – we you can't do that. I'd rather take a guy who is not as good defensively who can hit the ball, and especially who's hitting the ball very good right now. You know, those are the guy. Those are some of the guys you need out there. Look at Farmer. Farmer's not a big defensive guy, you know, but he's hitting the ball. Same thing with Solano. He's not the best defensive guy, but he's hitting the ball. Same thing with Willie Castro. It's these guys that are not that great defensively that are out there hitting the darn ball, and we need more of that. I mean, it's just – it's frustrating. I mean, you know, like I said, and Kepler is just – all he is is he's just an – He's just an anchor right now. He's holding it. I think he's part of the, he's part of what's holding this team down. And yeah. I know he, you know, there are a few days that there are a couple of times they wanted him to, wanted him to play center field. And he's right out, you know, was very opinionated on and said, I don't want to do that. Well, I'm yeah. sorry. You are yeah. no condition to be telling, should be in no condition to tell this team what you want to do and what you can't do. Cause you're not doing nothing for us anyway. Well, you know, Aaron, that just streams of, not being a team player, if you, if they think you're the best option to, to do something for the sake of the team, you should be out there doing it, shouldn't you? Exactly. Uh, you know, if you, you know, if we think you put you in this spot, in this spot helps the team for whatever reason, whether it's right or wrong, mm-hmm. you know, you should be doing it. You know, you should be doing everything you can to help this club. And that's kind of the other thing I'm starting to kind of get this vibe from just listening, you know, from what Aaron has said and some other people that he's starting to kind of turn into a little bit of a selfish, kind of having a little bit of a selfishness to him. And and I really, I hate that. I hate players that are like that. Yeah. Hopefully, I would hope that's not, not true, but if it is, uh, we definitely, I, 
heard he got called out by name by Rocco uh, on a play was supposed to be a double steal, but he didn't steal. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Rocco said, "Yeah, he was supposed to be the he was supposed to steal second um, when uh, whoever it was in front of him stole third. Um, yeah, and uh, but yeah." And, so that's and never that's good another, when the manager calls you out. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing. Rocco does not do that. Rocco, no. I've not that's heard Rocco call out too many players, but the fact that he called out Kepler like that kind of tells me a little bit he's he's treading a little thin, thinner line with him too. Yeah. So maybe there is a you know, like I said, maybe this is we see a change this week. Something, something's got to change. You know. I mean, we can't just sit there and wait for Walner until an injury happens to bring him up. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's 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 a move that's got to be done now, you know, or sooner than later, because you know the fans are gonna the fans are gonna start to turn, you know, because if we can see it, you know, if we see it, you know, what you know, like what's it, it what's yeah. what's it like in like what is it like in the locker room? Yeah, why. If we can see it, why the heck it seems like people who get paid to do this, you got to believe they see it too and why they're ignoring mm-hmm. it or, or saying the opposite of what, what is obvious is weird. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know. Um, yeah, you know, you do run the risk of, you know, he goes to another team and figures out things and becomes what what we all hoped, but you got to take that chance at this point. He's 30 years old. Yeah. The chances that he's going to do that are slim to none at this point. Um, and um, you, I really don't think you're going to have egg on your face too much at this point. If no, even if he has his best season next year, it's yeah. somewhere so, else. It's, yeah, like I said, I mean, if he goes somewhere and has a decent career somewhere else, so be it. Good for him. We, yeah, we, we could obviously our our coaching staff couldn't fix him. Obviously, somebody else can. Mm-hmm. You know, that's good for them. You know, mm-hmm. but I'll. Then, I'm then you question to, the coaching staff. Like, why can't you guys figure this out? Well, you, you know, on. not every not every coaching staff is the same. You know, no. I mean, there's exactly. every coach has different philosophies. You know, I coach, and here's a good example. I've coached as many years as I've coached. I've coached with people who, you know, who people who kind of agree. You know, we agree on the same thing, and there's people who see different philosophies. You know, I. Yeah. An example, I've coached with my father for probably most of my coaching career. Me and him, we were a lot alike on things, but we also have very different philosophies on things. And, you know, and there's, you know, sometimes I see things he don't. Sometimes he sees things I don't. There's sometimes other people see things we never saw. You know, it's just, it's, you know, I just don't think there's anything that the twins can do to fix him. And... You know, that's why it's just we need to just let him let it go. Yeah. You know. And then uh the other uh you think the twins as an organization need to uh speaking of philosophies, maybe change that up and get 
start getting guys in here who make contact instead of all these power guys trying to jack home runs. Um, that, that, you know, that's, you know, if we've discussed, it's a big problem. They strike out so much. So I think they do he, at this point need to, you know, you break. know, on an end, this is something else Aaron, it was either Aaron Gleeman or John Bonus said. Some about it's like the twins are, you know, the guys that are here that were with the Bomba squad. It's like they're still trying to hang on to that little bit of, you Most know. Most guys didn't strike out this much. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's, it's, you know, obviously the game's a little different from that year, you know, obviously with the balls. Well, <laughs> you all know. change, I guess, is pretty evident. Yeah. yeah. But I just, yeah, you'd like to see a little more less of, you know, everybody trying to swing for the fences. But somebody, these are some of the guys that you brought in, you know, like guys like Gallo, you know, he's a swing, you know, obviously Gallo, you know, is a swing for the fence guy. You already got rid of one guy that was a swing for the fence guy. You know, who mm-hmm. still isn't doing nothing in the Dominican, you know. Um, no. Yeah. yeah. I don't you know. Yet. Yeah. And Buxton, it seems like that's kind of what he's been trying to do the last few years. He's kind of went away from that, you know, just a contact type player to he's trying to be a long ball hitter, which, you know, it's. Yeah, I mean. And then you look at the rest of these guys that we do have, you know, a lot of them are just guys that just don't really put up a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of hits. They're more just, you know, guys like Castro and, you know, Solano, you know, they're not guys that are going to get a lot of base hits and stuff, you know, it's just, yeah, I kind of think we have a lot of, you know, we've kind of went towards that, that swing and miss type side, but we kind of, we kind of need to somehow balance this out a little more. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's fine. You definitely, you need a power threat in the lineup. Definitely. Um, But so, you know, if you have one or two guys in the lineup who are, who are home run hitters and consequence, consequently will probably pile up some strikeouts. You can live with that if the rest of the guys uh, aren't like that. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, well, and the or, thing I like right now is was with Alex Kirilov. Kirilov right yeah. now, you know, he hasn't been really hitting a lot of home runs. He's no. just been a, a contact player, and I like that. You know, yeah. I'll take I'll take them kind of guys. It's nice to have a power hitter too, but yeah. You know, the only bad thing about having these contact guys is, is yeah, you get maybe one or two of them on base, but, you know, and then are trying to hit or trying to get a hit and with runners in scoring position haven't been great. But, <laughs> you know, that's kind of why we just we got to find some fine balance in that. Exactly. I guess is my point. We got to find balance. We got to balance it out here and maybe we'll find out that. Guys like Kirilov and uh, Royce Lewis balance that out and be guys who, uh, you know, have extra base power but also make contact um, because they're not, nest, you know, they're not trying to hit home runs. Yeah. Um, and so 
they're the ones either getting on base or um, knocking the runs in, improving our uh, runners in scoring position uh, average and uh, stuff. Uh, yeah, and, you know, Nick Gordon's another one of them guys. He's supposed to be more of a, you know, contact hitter. You know, Polanco kind of, you know, Polanco's one of them guys. He could kind of be either way. I want to say he's he's very balanced, yeah. in my opinion. You know, he's, he's the one guy on this team I want up in a yeah. situation all the time if we can. You know. Yep. Exactly. I mean, he's a guy, he's going to hit his home runs. He's going to, you know, he'll get maybe 15 to 20 home runs, but he's still, but he's still going to hit, you know, for contact. Yeah. So, you know, those are, you know, and that's, he's, he's probably the most level guy as far as, you know, very even keel on both. So yeah, yeah, we definitely need more of those guys. Yeah. And it hurts, you know, we're going to be, you know, speaking of him, like we said, we're going to be without him for, a week or two here at at least um and with hamstrings those can if they're not taken care of properly they can go at any moment so hopefully it's not the sign of something that's going to bother him all year um but uh and we got one other you know we got Gallo who's coming back from a hamstring injury he's rehabbing in the minors uh he's in st paul right now rehabbing um hit an absolute bomb this weekend and i don't know if you saw that but uh i heard about it he joey gallowed a ball <laughs> uh he does he did what he does and uh so we'll see how long he's gonna take to uh how long they're gonna keep him on rehab assignments and activated and uh, Kent Maeda's uh, still on his rehab assignment. He had four pretty good innings in his outing yesterday, I believe. Um, and so he's looking decent. Um, and so then that will be interesting. Uh, as we discussed last week, what they will do when he is ready to come back. Will they throw him in the bullpen as the long man or something? Or will they give him his rotation spot back? That'll be interesting to find out. Um, will they go to a six-man rotation um, so that he can have a roster and be a starter? Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting because, um, you know, and maybe with the last couple of outings here, Louis Varlin hasn't looked that great. Unfortunately for him, uh, he's been, I mean, it's been a problem his, this whole time, but, uh, but uh, he, uh, what was I saying? Um, he's, I lost my train of thought here. Um, <laughs> yeah, that? he's just, yeah, he's, he's had a, you know, at least one bad inning, it seems like in every, most of his That's starts, you know. And he's got yeah. a problem where he gives up home runs. Um, that's that's been the thing that he's uh, um, that's his snake bitten him. Um, and get gonna happen in both of his starts this week. Um, so uh, yeah, he's he, 
usually he can sail along for most of his outing, but then has a bad inning. Um, yeah, you know, in in both times he's pitched, you know, he you know he's faced a pretty decent Toronto team, you know, which yep. I you know I like Toronto's lineup. You know, that's that's and that is definitely a lineup that any any pitcher can struggle with. And who was his start before that? Was did he start during? Did he have a start during Tampa? Yeah, yep. yeah. that was the game they lost seven nothing. He gave up. Yeah, so I mean, you know, he played run. two. Yeah, he played two t- pretty decent lineup. You know, two decent lineups. So I mean, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. But with Maeda coming back, I I really hope that they you know throw him into some type of relief role, just you know to start with, you know, and maybe you know see what he you know see how it works. You know, even though we're kind of getting a little, you know, a little piece of what he what he can be down in AAA right now, um, I just I just don't know if I really I don't want to lose Louie out of the out of the rotation. I mean, and I don't know how I feel about a six man rotation. So, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, it's either they'll either do the un the they'll either you know. Do one of the three things. They'll either activate him and option probably Varland, uh, or they maybe they. I don't know if they're thinking about a six-man rotation, but that's always possible, I guess. Um, or they could uh, do do what you sound like you want and give them a bullpen spot. Um, and yeah, it's not, I, not I would he's rather. done it before, so he he wouldn't want to do it, of course. But it's but it's something he's done when he was with the Dodgers. He he was thrown in the bullpen from time to time, so yeah, it's not something he wouldn't know how to do. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and then if if by some chance between now and whenever Maeda's ready to come back, if Louie just totally falls apart, then you got an argument to you know, okay, we're going to send you back down to AAA for a little while to kind of get your head right again. But, I mean, if he's going to pitch, for the most part, very decent and, you know, consistently like he has been, you know, most of the season, I, you know, I just, how do you you put him back down? Right there, that's another thing that you could sit and argue with about, you know, that we already argue about with the hitters about leaving Waldner down there. You know, you're going to have this almost same exact argument. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, some things to watch for um, other than the play on the field is the roster decisions that are seemingly looming here um, in the next probably few weeks. Um, So, uh, yeah, that's that's. All I had, I don't know, was there any big news in the world of baseball that I that I don't recall this week? I don't think there was. Um, uh, I don't think so. Not that I know of right offhand, so. Um, I can't think of anything myself. Um, so, uh, unless, was there anything that we haven't talked about that, you want to bring up that because I 
I'm out of notes. No, <laughs> no. I mean, basically, we kind of touched on the real, the real big story is you know on how we feel about Kepler. Um, that was, that was the one thing that definitely you know I was glad we kind of debated on, and, and you know because I was going to ask you how you felt about that, and, and you think this, you know, just through the Toronto series, if he actually saved his job, you know, which in my opinion, he didn't. I, don't, so, I wouldn't say that. No, no, no. One swing can't save your job. I no. Sorry. You know, you know, good for you. You hit a home run. So what? Mm-hmm. What else did you do? <laughs> yeah. What have you done for me lately? What else have you done? Um, yeah. You know, and if they think that, I don't know. Um, um, but anyway, um, that's how it goes, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it'll be interesting All right. we'll see what, what transpires this week. Um, and I think we can, we can uh, be done here then. And thanks for joining us again. And uh, everybody have a great week. Yep. Have a good one, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Twins Nation podcast. You can follow the show on Facebook and on Twitter. On Facebook, just search for Twins Nation podcast. On Twitter, we're at at Twins Nation pod. And Joe is at Big Joe Gun.